If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Hi, this is Little Anthony, Little Anthony and the Imperials, and you're listening to the Dr. Sky Show. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to our show today. Always special guests here on our radio show. As we now go back into the history of rock and roll, it's a real privilege and honor to welcome a very special man with a very special group of the 1950s, Little Anthony and the Imperials, as we talk on the phone today with Little Anthony Gordian himself, the namesake of this very fascinating band of the 1950s and 60s. And before we introduce our very special guest, just a brief read and history of Little Anthony and the Imperials. Little Anthony and the Imperials is an American rhythm and blues soul vocal group from New York City, first active in the 1950s. Lead singer Jerome Anthony, Little Anthony Gordian, was noted for his high-pitched falsetto voice influenced by none other than Jimmy Scott. The other original members were Clarence Collins, the group founder, Ernest Wright, Nate Rogers, and Tracy Lord, the last two of whom were replaced by Sammy Strain. The group was one of the very few groups to maintain success on the rhythm and blues and pop charts throughout the 1960s, and they were inducted into, rightfully so, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame on April the 9th, 2009, 23 years after the group's first year of eligibility for induction. And with that, it's a real privilege and honor to welcome to our radio show today none other than Little Anthony Gordine of Little Anthony and the Imperials. Thank you so much for joining us today as we talk about the history of rock and roll. Good afternoon. Hey, what's up? How you doing? I'm doing fine, and I'm just so excited here. Big fan of the 50s. I grew up in New York City. And I want to hear a little bit about the story of how your, your group, of course, started in New York City. And tell us a little bit about that, because, well, I remember being born in 1956. I got the sound uh, of many of the New York uh, Street Corner Harmony groups. But how did you guys get started? Oh, the same way you did. Listening to <laughs> those kind of groups. I mean, as a kid, I listened to all of them. The Dells, the Flamingos, the Orioles, when I was like 10, 9, 11 years old. So I was influenced, and and actually, a lot of people say the fifties. Um, you know, actually, it was the tail end of the fifties that our life became. Even though I was in other groups, and I know a lot of interviewers love to talk about something that happened with another group that I was with because it's me, yes, or whatever. But I never relate to it because I was a I was a baby. I was fourteen. And you really can't use that fourteen-year-old as a as a as a uh, measuring stick to what my career became. It just was the beginning of a kid that was singing, like a lot of kids in those days. So actually, the the, the most important part of uh, that time in the fifties, late fifties, was really fifty-eight. Wow. When we when we met when we met George Goldner and 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 uh, Richard Barrett, that that was the beginning of. A real career. And prior to that, was just floundering around, 
like everybody else, trash on radio, <laughs> get on the radio. So, wow. you know, but I don't, it's very difficult for me to relate. And I know fans tend to be more uh, deeper into that sort of thing. And, you know, it's almost like fantasy football. They go deeper than the people that actually play the game. Sure. You know, so we don't really care. <laughs> I so, totally can relate. In, right. In my mind, it's, it's really when, when that began in 1958. Great story here. I'm reading from one of the album jacket covers here, and I'm reading this, my friend, calling themselves the Chesters. They visited, that is, Richard Barrett is reminiscing. You visited Richard Barrett on the 12th floor of 1650 Broadway in Manhattan. Tell us that story, because this is the story that we want to hear, the beginnings of this most amazing life legacy here in rock and roll history with Little Anthony and the Imperials. Okay, we were a bunch of kids out of Brooklyn, out of Fort Green Project, like all a bunch of thousands of little groups trying to get a deal. In those days, uh, I, I was very fortunate to live in New York City, where the independent record companies were all located in 1650 Broadway. And so it was easy to know where they were. And in those days, you got to understand, technology did not exist as it exists today. You literally didn't have to set, uh, do a, a demo and, and go in there, hey, listen to my demo. You actually walked in mm-hmm. and asked for an audition. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine that? No. A live audition. <laughs> yeah, but that's, they talked to all of them, man. It, that's the way it was in those days. So we, we just happened to be fortunate enough. I, it wasn't me. It was Clarence Collins that knew Richard Barrett uh, indirectly. Uh, I don't know where he met him or what, but he he knew him, and he kept saying, "Hey, I got this guy. It just came with my group, and his his name is uh, Anthony Gordine. And man, I, I think you should listen to us because he's got a really really good voice. And, and that's how that started. And then when we actually went in, and I, I was that was uh, let me see what, what was that? There was a mm-hmm. winter of '58. Uh, Yes. We walked into the uh, Richard Barrett heard us had an audition an impromptu audition, and we sang a song that Ernest wrote mm-hmm. called "Just the Kinds of People in the World." Wow! And that was it. That was it. He called in George Golden, who was the president of Golden Gun Records, and um, you know he says, "You got to listen to this," and and that was the beginning of uh, of of my career. Even though prior to that, I'm just like everybody else, man, hitting this, hitting this. Mm-hmm. You know, I, there, there was no real uh, career at that point. I was just a kid going to high school, Boston uh, High School in Brooklyn, and just trying to make it like kids do today. You better believe it. And you know something? I was in uh, in that same, well, I shouldn't say the same era, but later on in the 70s, we used to be part of a track team, and we'd run against the good folks at the boys' high school, and they always won. I mean, that was a powerhouse yeah, school. They had two things they were really at the top of the game. was the track team and the basketball team. Absolutely, my friend. Just an amazing story. My mother hails from uh, Bensonhurst and that area and also Flatbush mm-hmm. area in Brooklyn. So we have a lot in common. And that's why, yeah. as we talk to you today, this is so fascinating. Again, I'm grateful for your time as we reminisce about the history of rock and roll. The early days, Anthony Gordean, little Anthony Gordean of Little Anthony and the Imperials. He's our special guest on our radio show today. And all throughout this radio show, folks, or in the extended version that you can hear on our website, we'll give you that information at the end of the radio show, you can hear select pieces of music from the best of Little Anthony and the Imperials. You know, this is so fascinating as we talk with you today. You've been doing music and performing for how how many years now? This is amazing. Um, 60 years. Wow. Well, God, God bless. That's an amazing time. I mean, I'm 60 years young and 
you've been doing this for as long as I've been on the planet. So that's a tribute. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Actually, um, I was 15 years old, and that was 1956. That's incredible. And I was doing 60 years prior to that. Even when I was 14, I was uh, singing and, and recording and very local stuff I was doing, you know, like, Every kid in those days wanted to be a star. Because yes. we would hear all those different records on the radio. Dr. Jive, uh, uh, you know, WWRL, Tommy Smalls, yes. uh, Butterball, you know, on and on and on and on. And then Alan Freed or WIMS wins. Mm-hmm. And every kid, you know, they sang. And you wanted to be, you, you, if you could, you, you imagine in your mind, well, what if? Mm-hmm. What if I can, I'm good enough to, to sing. People say they like the way I sound, and then they like my, the guys that I'm singing with, you know, the, the way they sound. What if? Mm-hmm. And that's all show business is, is what if. You better believe it. You know, it's amazing to hear these stories, and I want to remind our listeners as we go to the break each time, we're going to be promoting an individual song from Little Anthony and the Imperials, in which you may be hearing the entirety of from our website, but again, excerpts here for the radio show today. And this is amazing because, you know, I, I must say this from the bottom of my heart, sir. I really feel your music is absolutely beautiful. It brings back happy times and happy memories for me. And I'm sure that's the same with people, what, not only here in America, but around the world, too. Well, I'm sure that every generation had that. I'm sure the people in, in, uh, in the 40s and in the beginnings of, like, 1941, 39, before the World War II, and the big bands, and Ella Fitzgerald, every, everybody, every generation has that, mm-hmm. where we latch on to that particular sound that represents where we're living at, the, at that time. And so we, we were no different. We came up in the Patty Page era, era yes. you know? How much is that doggy in the window? Oh, yeah, <laughs> you know? Way, uh, you know, way Tony, back. Tony Bennett, you know, I, I go to Rags to Riches. And we came into that sort of, it was sort of a uh, lull between World War II and the end of World War II, the big bands kind of disappeared. And Patty Page and all these great, you know, mm-hmm. singers, and, uh, uh, you know. And then it went into the 50s, which was sort of a, it, like early 50s, early 50s, 50, 51, 50, and it had this really uh, kind of milky, white way type sound. You know, yes. the four aces, you know, three points of the fountain, and this and that and that. Mm-hmm. And so that was it. But here comes this music that comes out of nowhere, which was play, being played on Black Station mm-hmm. called R&B, Rhythm and Blues. Yes. And, 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 and Bo Diddley, who, who is that guy, you know? <laughs> and, and Chuck Berry, and, and, and the Moon Glows, and the Flamingos, and the Eldorados. The people say, whoa, 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 whoa. You know, you know it's so incredible. It's- We're coming up yeah. on the first break here in our radio show today. A very special guest here as we talk and reminisce with none other than our special guest, Little Anthony, Anthony Gordine, of the namesake of that very famous still to this day. A most amazing time in rock and roll history, Little Anthony and the Imperials. And folks, as we continue to do our radio show in this particular excerpt, we'd like to have you listen to, in most of its entirety, or its entirety, depending on where you're listening to this interview, one of my favorite here from one of their albums, I'm on the Outside Looking In. This, of course, going back to August of 1964. Our very special guest, Anthony Gordine, Little Anthony 
of Little Anthony and the Imperials joins us here in our radio show today. And we're celebrating, of course, their splendid time and continuing here throughout the whole time and space in rock and roll history. We'll be right back. I'm on the outside looking in. Somebody new And I don't know What to do Cause I'm still in to our very special radio show today as we continue to celebrate the history of rock and roll. On the line, giving us this exclusive interview today, and we're grateful for his time, Little Anthony, Anthony Gordine of the namesake of the band Little Anthony and the Imperials. He joins us throughout the entirety of our radio show, reminiscing about old times, present times, and times of the future in the story of rock and roll. I got to start off this way. 1964, and I'm reading this from one of the excerpts here in the jacket of one of the albums I have, The Year of the British Invasion. It was a time when musicians who weren't from England had a lot of trouble getting airplay. Even Elvis Presley, the king of rock and roll, couldn't make it into the top 10. If you were an American act, you had to be in the top of your class to survive, and few did. The Beach Boys, as you know, the Four Seasons, and yes, Little Anthony and the Imperials. Wow. The there were several of us that held our own. Well, we didn't know what was happening. We just knew there was this on rush. 
um, music coming out of the out of England, and um, and it obviously was led by the Beatles. Yes. And then you went from there because Zinax came out of there, man. You know, mm-hmm. and 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 they all were trying to get that kind of a whatever the Beatles were doing, and uh, but on the other hand, the contemporary R and B or contemporary pop still hold its own if there was talent. And you know, Dion Warwick had tremendous amount of talent. If you notice. Uh, Stan Applebaum, The Drifters, uh, Lieben Stroller, who wrote all his great songs, Coasters. You know, they hung, they, they were just unique. Each act was so different from the other. That's a lot different to today because it's very hard to differentiate between who's who. Because yes. basically, if you listen, it, it's hard. I, I, it, you know, it's great you, you said that because I was just sitting in a car, in my car on Sirius Radio that I got in the car, mm-hmm. and I'm listening, and there's some really nice singers today. Sia. Sure. She's uh, Adele. Most of them are women. Yes, they you know, are. Sam Smith. Mm-hmm. Sam Smith. But in, in when we came up, it was similar. And they're sort of in another category because basically everything else starts to sound the same. And it loses whatever it is that we had. There was uh, there was only one Elvis. There was only one uh, uh, Bo Diddley. There was only they were all different. Their sounds were different. Their their whole approach and and the creativity was different. And we were living in an era when everybody was excited about the new technology. Okay, oh, you know what new technology was a forty-five. Yeah, <laughs> a donut record. It's <laughs> so funny. <laughs> <laughs> or those big giant you read those big old tapes man like he was amazing and Evan I remember oh, cool man color TV was just coming out you know so it was exciting time Star Trek came on TV oh yeah and I remember know? this Anthony I remember going on Saturdays with my parents down to the Woolworth I was in New Jersey at the time <laughs> yeah. and they would be mm-hmm. looking at me funny because I wanted to buy the latest 45 and that was so amazing because you bought your forty-five. Maybe it was what sixty-nine cents or whatever. And then I think sixty-nine, eighty-nine cents. <laughs> and then you went over to the counter where they had the little cafe there, and my mother and father would say, "Okay, you might as well get an egg cream, unless you're not from New Jersey or New York. Most people don't even know what that is, right?" <laughs> right. And like I remember when when the, when the Seventy-eight. Yeah. People, a lot of people don't remember that. Sure, the little bitty, you know, little, and and then they had to figure out. Wait a minute, how do you pay the forty-five? So they got them little um, donut things. Yes. And you put the forty-five on. You used to buy them in the store, <laughs> and you put it on your thing wow. and put it and play it. That's so and cool. It was just remarkable. It was analog, a sound that can't be duplicated today. Yes. I've talked to some of the top performers who've all said, man, when you came up, man, it was like we missed something. Yes, we because did. Because with all of the, of the technology today, it's, it's, it's almost like it's sanitized. You got that right. But when you start listening to the, those uh, 78s and albums and analog, you know, you can even hear a horn sometimes go, beep, beep. <laughs> there was, it, was, it, was, it was leakage everywhere. You got but it. It, it was real. Matter. It was real. It was real. Man, that's there right. You know, I got to ask you on a serious note, the story of Jimmy Scott. I've read a little bit of his bio, but the importance of Jimmy Scott to you personally on a more emotional level. Talk about Jimmy Scott, because he deserves a lot of recognition. Yes, his lovely wife, Jimmy Scott, and I've been friends for years. In fact, we just 
I just talked to her on Facebook just today, this morning. Awesome. So we stayed in contact, yeah. Jimmy, I knew Jimmy when I was okay. How old was I? I think I mean, my first friend of mine was like 19 or 20. Yes. And, I, you know, I heard his songs on radio. Jimmy was an enigma. He was this very tall guy with his very, very little bitty, bitty voice. Yes. You know? And, and at that time, you're hearing Sinatra, you're hearing Nat Cole, you're hearing Tony Bennett, you're hearing all these powerful, uh, Mel Tome, you're having these powerful voices, Nate Belson, the Flamingos, uh, you know, on and on and on and on. And, and every voice was powerful, but here comes this guy mm-hmm. that's like, almost like a woman's voice. Not almost. It, you, if you didn't know to find out he was a guy, you would thought he was a lady. Billy Holiday or somebody, right. You never know, right. Nancy Wilson. Right. right. Nancy told me, she said her whole career was built on Jimmy. Amazing. She told me. Amazing. If you listen to their styles, they're mm-hmm. similar. We call whole notes. Not a lot of vibrato. They'll hold it. And that's what he did. He made it famous. And then he was the most honored, respected singer from his peers. Now, here's a guy who never had a gold record Never had any platinum. He never had anything. Mm-hmm. Yet, Frank Sinatra said he was one of the prolific voices of our time. Tony Bennett talked about him. Every major singer keyed in on this guy. Mm-hmm. And I was no different. Frankie Lyman, if you listen to Frankie Lyman, who do you hear? You know something? Guy? You do. Well, and and let me. Frankie told me. Right. Said, That's what I was listening to. You got that right. But let me say this. Frank, Frankie Lyman's another story that I'd like to talk about, too. But you're so right. Mm-hmm. That voice of Frankie Lyman, you're right. Jimmy yep. Scott, very similar. And all these That's greats right. that we're talking about today. But here's something that I, I learned, too. And, and I know you know this. Lionel Hampton gave him mm-hmm. the nickname Little Jimmy Scott. I didn't know that. That's quite interesting. Yeah, I, I assume what I heard was, I don't know if this is, is a, mm-hmm. just a myth or what. That he, his voice was so light that he called him little, even though he was big. <laughs> it's the same with me. Yes. That name, Little Anthony, came by uh, Alan Free. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't because of my stature. I'm five, eight and a half. Sure. It's just that our voices are so light. You, if you didn't know it, you'd think we were little guys. And that's how we got those names. Well, that's why we want to do these interviews, because me, I like to talk about living history. And I've been saying this sincerely, sir. You and your organization, your band, your group, everyone in, in this particular conversation today, we need to share this information. This is from me as the host. We need to pass along this torch so other generations understand all the great musicians of their time. And it's sad because I know, and I'm not asking you this personally about Little Anthony Imperials, but so many young people grow up today with that you know cell phone in their hand, the smartphone, and maybe, I don't know what you think, and that's why we have you here, maybe many of them are forgetting about the great periods in music history. We need to preserve I about it. Our schools are not teaching it. There you go. That's it. it. The, uh, and I, I can get on the whole subject about public schools, so I'm a charter school guy. Good I mean, for you. I love that. And, and and because we don't, there's no time. You know, when somebody said to, to forget one's history, that it's condemned to repeat it. You're exactly right. Mm-hmm. So so when you don't know who where you came from, and I mean, it's so sad. I, I've noticed even back in the 80s when there was sampling records, all the rappers, they didn't even know the people that they were sampling, but they knew something was good about it. 
Hmm. So there were, there were certain artists that were out there who were just differently different and they held their own world, like like, like uh, James Brown. Yes. And he's the most, he's the most, he was the most, um, what do they call it, uh, uh, with the artists, uh, you know, uh, they, they, they use your, your music and they put it in their records. I forgot what they call that. But anyway, mm -hmm. uh, it, it passes my mind right now. That's uh, okay. I was going to say test it. But anyway, uh, that's what it is. They constantly listen, but they don't know what the history of what was happening. Now, let's go back a little bit. When mm -hmm. I was a kid, I was blessed to have a father who was a jazz musician. Yes. Uh, Alto and Dennis Saxman had played with Buddy Johnson and some of the top bands in those days in the sure. 40s and 50s, early 50s. So I was exposed to, the, to that era. Even though I was eight years old, nine, I, I remember Illinois Jacket and, 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 and all the great, uh, uh, you know, uh, mm -hmm. uh, Bird and, and, and all of them, man. And, 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 you know, it's like... What an experience. I knew all about that. I knew because my dad gave me a history lesson of what was going on. That's so, so important. So he would tell me, well, this is right. So even though I was very young, I had the great pleasure of uh, listening to that music and then blessed. They have the ability. I, I met a lot of them. As a kid, became a friend. I mean, I, it was amazing. Well, we want to hear about. Excuse me. We want to hear yeah. about this, but we're coming up on that break again here in our radio show. Okay. <clears throat> and as we, okay. as we go to the break, ladies and gentlemen, let's talk about another of the great singles here. Going out of my head. We're talking, of course, with Little Anthony Gordine of Little Anthony and the Imperials. Rock and roll history here on our radio show today. Here it is, folks, going out of my head from October of 1964. And we'll be back in just a few moments with our very special guest here throughout the entire hour, little Anthony Gordine of that very famous rock and roll group, as it talks about so many wonderful stories about love and music of the late 1950s and 60s, little Anthony and the Imperials. Well, I think I'm going out of my head. Yes, I think I'm
And welcome back to our show, ladies and gentlemen. Always great guests here. Today, we have the privilege and honor of speaking with little Anthony, Anthony Gordine of none other than little Anthony and the Imperials, reminiscing about rock and roll history of the late 1950s and 60s, musical icons themselves inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame back in April of 2009, 23 years after the group's first year of eligibility for induction. Welcome back, Mr. Gordine. A privilege and honor to hear your voice and to share this with all those folks out there that love your music and your organization, your group. Let's talk a little bit about this particular time period. There's one man that I wanted to highlight here, and he gets so much coverage. Some of it maybe not so wonderful, and that is the story of Alan Freed. I'm enamored by this guy, being a broadcaster myself. Talk about Alan Freed. Well, I can do it briefly. I met Alan Freed when I was really young. Mm-hmm. I was 14 years old, and I and I was with a local little group that didn't mean a lot. It was called the DuPont. Mm. And to make a long story short, we ended up with a, a, on a, a record company called Royal Roots, which is run by Teddy Reed, who was one of the managers of Alan Freed. And so they told us, hey, he's going to have a big show with the New York Paramount. Mm-hmm. What was that, 1955? Yeah. yeah. 14, yeah. He was having a big show because I was in high school. I had to get dismissed to do the show for a week at the New York Panama and had everybody on there. You know, like Lyman Teenagers, the Platters, mm-hmm. on and on and on and on. Yes, sir. And, 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 and so we got to open the show, you know? Mm-hmm. And that was the first time that I met him. Um, and he didn't forget. He didn't forget. Amazing. And, you know, he, he would stand by the wings and watch and, and, and also, the unique thing about this is I met another man by the name of Teddy Rondazzo, hmm. who became a prolific in my life a few years later, because he was with a group called the Chuckles, the Three Chuckles. I've heard of that. And yes. yeah, and he was his dressing was next to mine, <laughs> and and that was he said to me one day, he says, "Kid, you know, one of these days we're going to work together." Who knew that was it was a prophecy. Yes. Because 10 years later, seven years later, whatever it was, in 1964, we ended up hooking up again. And that's another story. I have a book out called My Journey, My Destiny. And then there gets more detailed about it if anybody wants to check it out. You can get it on Amazon or whatever. Oh, absolutely. And, um, yes. Yeah. And, and, and it tells you more in, in depth because I know we don't have the time to get deep, you know, mm-hmm. into sure. work. But that's. At the same time, I met these two people. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people ask me, well, how did you get that name, Little Anthony? It was, it was Alan Freed. Because Alan found out that, oh, you used to be that kid on the opening show in the DuPont. Yeah. You know, back in the wind, when, when, you know, 1955, now 1958, mm-hmm. he, 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 there was somebody, uh, one of the record promoters came into his office to try to promote our record tears in my pillow and he says man that kid's voice is so I mean he's that girl's voice she's, she's got a great voice <laughs> and the guy said well that's no she that's the he I gotta and laugh said, Anthony well, it's so cool true. he <laughs> right. said well what's his name <laughs> Anthony Bardeen right. he says he starts saying little Anthony there you go later on when I saw him and did a show with him he said yeah I figured it out who you was you were the kid that started with the DuPont I said yep <laughs> you know, that's an amazing story. But I got to go back to this whole thing of the DuPonts. Most people don't know this, but the namesake of DuPont, you can figure it out if you think long enough. You named it after what? The chemical company? Tell me how that came about. I didn't 
I didn't do anything. No, I, I, was, I, was inducted, I was inducted into the group. You were inducted in. By Dockety, William Dockety. He, he, he had the name he already set up. It. Right. Wow. Uh, I don't know why, where he got it, but yes, he did get it from the chemical company, DuPont. I said, I'm sure he was riding along or walking along. He saw the name DuPont. He said, oh, that's a good name. Yes. <laughs> You know, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask about Tears on My Pillow, the Imperials' first million-selling hit. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. I mean, a million-selling hit in any time period, but we're going back into the late 50s and 60s. That's incredible. I mean, that must have well, put not only a big you, smile you know on your face. Most, you know what the most incredible thing is? What's that? Two, it was a two-sided hit. Ah. Both sold over a million, just because people were all on the other side. Mm-hmm. And Tears of a Pillow sold a million. We're the only group that did that. That's incredible. That is. That's how we ended up with the Rock Hall of Fame. It was a body of work <laughs> that they put together. And figured, my gosh, yeah. these guys did. We never won a, a Grammy. There were no Grammys when we were coming up. No such thing, right? So they, we would just pass by with us like this gray area. But they realized people like Paul Schaefer, Paul Simon, Billy Joel, all them cats I knew were on the committee, and they said, "This is this is stupid. We." Now, what an honor is that? Wow, the powerhouse of Billy Joel. And, and look at well, you. Been, You're his I've inspiration. I've been a long time. In fact, <laughs> I was at his concert a year and a half ago in New York. But, uh, you know, he introduced me. Actually, saying to my pillow in Madison Square Garden, 19,000 people. Oh, my goodness. You know, I remember so, this. I remember something, too, and it helped me on this. Back in the 70s, I'd go, lived in New Jersey, would take the bus over to Madison Square Garden. Who didn't, you know, or if you lived there, you went there by subway or bus. And I remember mm-hmm. going in the 70s to Richard Nader's Rock and Roll Revivals in Madison Square right. Garden. Right. Well, they called it revivals then. There was no such thing as doo-wop. Yes. That's and, another story. No, That's and, another and let me say this. I know the sensitivity of the term doo-wop, and I, and I wasn't going to bring that name oh. into the conversation. But no, I just wanted to say how wonderful it was, Anthony, when we would go there as kids in high school. We right. would sit the there and see the likes of Chuck Berry and Bo Diddley on right. stage. and. Who knows? Right. Maybe so I saw you, everybody. too. <laughs> yeah, everybody. And it was called those days a revival. You bet. That was amazing. So, yeah. And, and it was just at that era, and it was a big success. And Richard Nader was the top dog. He was the first to really deal with that. You know, yes. and, and figure, I'm going to do these revivals. And so he really, he really started that. And, uh, and was hugely successful. You know, I watched, I was watching television about three months ago on PBS and it's late a Saturday night and I'm turning on and I see this amazing bunch of fifties and sixties rock and roll type acts. And there you are on stage. And I said to myself, you know what? I'm going to give this a try. I'm going to see if I'm lucky and see if I can get in touch with Anthony Gordine. And you know what? We're doing it, my friend. And it was just amazing to watch these concerts. So you're going strong five by five. All over the place. I mean, uh, your your schedules never end. You just keep going and going and going, and that's great. Well, I've been blessed, man. Um, um, you know, it's just uh, uh, like I said. People have asked me, man, how does you, how do you, what do you do for your voice? What do you do? Well, obviously, I take care of it. Mm-hmm. You know, but I tell people it's not my voice. It's it's my father God's voice. He gave it to me. And well, that's a beautiful thing. Life. That really is. And, and it's because, because at 75 years old, I blow my mind when I hear the note. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to sound like that at 75. 
Wow. So it's not natural. It's supernatural. It is. It's it's a special so, talent. It's it's something that you're yeah. right. It's coming from the divine, and I believe very strongly yeah. in what you're saying. I'm not just mincing words. Yeah, really, it has I, to. I wouldn't have said that to right. this audience. It has it's, to be. I'm living that truth. I'm living it. Mm-hmm. So I someday I was in fact the other day. I like to a power walk, you know, because it builds up my lung power. You're a great idea. And 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 and, and then I do vocalizations while I'm really. Run it, try that one downtown. See how that works for you. But that's how I I do it. And and sometimes I'll hit a note and go, "What the heck? Mm. How do they do that?" Well, (laughs) that's amazing that you maintain that vocal strength. I mean. There are many performers, and, I, and I'm not kissing up here, Anthony. I'm just being very honest. There are many performers that obviously have retired. You know, they've hung up their their coat, and and they you know they go on the laurels of the great things they've done in the past. But you continue, the the group continues, and and I'm thinking. I spoke with your son, and you know, I can't guarantee anything. I'm not that important. I just try to do a good show, and people say they enjoy it. Mm-hmm. But it'd be awesome to have you come out here to the folks in Arizona. And I know the perfect place to do it. I mean, we could talk about that off air sometime because you're popular wherever you guys go, and uh, it's timeless. So there you go, right? I, I used to be in Arizona a lot, especially the eighties. In the eighties, for some reason, it kind of dried up. Hmm. But but surely this is like that because you have different generations, you got different taste music, mm-hmm. and, and that's to be expected. Like I'm, I'm going to I'm, where am I going? Oh, I'll be in England for a week. Hmm. So we're doing concerts there and songs that were not hits here, but songs that were hit in, big hits in Europe, like Better Use Your Head and uh, Gonna Fix You Now. And like, you tell that to people today, they go, whoa, what? <laughs> so those songs were huge hits in Europe. That's amazing. In, in, in Italy, France. So I, I, I get these calls sometimes and I'm off and running to Europe. And I'm amazed sometimes how they how they, they they revere that, and I'm going, but in America, no one would even remember what it was. But you got that right. We're coming up on so, another break here, and I hate to cut you short again, brother. One more segment we have with mm-hmm. our very, very special guest here, Anthony Gordine, otherwise known as Little Anthony of Little Anthony and the Imperials. As we go out with this particular segment, we go back in the time tunnel and time capsule and hear a rendition of Hurt So Bad. Can you imagine, folks, you were hurt in love, and all of a sudden now... You're wondering, what the heck's going to happen to me? These songs are powerful. You're listening to me, Steve Cates here, on a very special edition of our radio show today, reminiscing about many of the greats of the rock and roll era. And today, that honor is bestowed upon us by Little Anthony and the Imperials. We'll be right back after these short but important commercial announcements that keep our radio show going. We'll be right back, and thank you for joining us. I know you
Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to this exciting radio show that you tell us you like so much. Our special show today talks about the history of rock and roll with none other than the legend himself, Little Anthony Gordean, the namesake of Little Anthony and the Imperials. He's been kind enough to join us throughout this entire hour, reminiscing about the past and also talking about the future. And again, this organization, this group, has been inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame back on April the 4th of 2009. A great honor. Mr. Gordine, welcome back. Uh, we were talking a little bit about so many of the stories that uh, you came across in this life journey in the music world. Mm-hmm. But this is fascinating. Talk, talk a little bit more about this particular time in, in music history, because we wanted to talk before. I mentioned uh, a little bit about Frankie Lyman. Uh, talk about him. I always thought Frankie Lyman was an excellent performer, as I'm sure you do, too. No, he was He was one of the greats of his time, like Jackie Wilson. Mm-hmm. You know, it, 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 those kind of people come along every hundred years, it seems. Sammy Davis, that kind of thing, and that's where he was. Uh, unfortunately, Frankie, I became his friend when I went to, when I performed for Alan Free when I was with the Duponts, yes. and Frankie Lyman and the teenagers were all on the same show at the New York and so I got to know him then. That was the beginning of our relationship, and then we became best of friends. And at the same time, we were both performing and making records. And he was a unique cat, but he had a lot of problems. Yes. Um, you know, he got caught up in the drug drug world, which all of us did. But in this case, it, it ended up taking his life. Oh, that's sad. So, I mean, the story about him is, is unbelievable because this guy was really absolutely outstanding singer and performer. And I learned a lot just watching Frankie. Mm-hmm. And just to be his friend and hanging out and going to dinner and all this stuff. Was 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 a real blessing to me. That's amazing. And, and 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 in fact, when he, I got that in the book. When he, I was in Chicago performing in the Regal Theater in Chicago, and I got a call. My wife, said, oh, oh, I was coming home, and and when I got to the airport, my wife picked me up. She had that look on her face. There was something was wrong, and I'm thinking, the woman, is the kids okay? Yes. And the first thing out of my mouth, she says, I got something to tell you. I said, what? Frankie's not with us anymore. Oh, he, boy. He died the night before, and I didn't know. That's sad. Uh, he called me to meet him at a place we always like to go, over the 54th Street and Broadway. We'd always hooked up and be over there. Mm-hmm. And um, and he was, I was supposed to meet him that day, and he was gone. Oh, sad. See? How precious life is. And, you know, I don't want to get uh, dramatic here, but I thought this quote appropriate. A good friend of mine, I didn't create this, nor do I take credit for it, but people describe, this friend of mine describes life as this, Anthony. Life is but a short dance in the sun. And I thought that's a very appropriate quote, don't you? Because it it talks about how life is so precious and how how short it is. And in this case, when you're talking about the the sad death and the untimely passing of Frankie Lyman and others, we uh, we all recognize that. I've been touched. I'm a believer. Mm-hmm. And I know who my Redeemer is. I know who that. that that's clear to me. That's beautiful. Life doesn't end. It does not end. It just goes from one stage to another. We, human beings were not meant to die, but then we all know about Adam and all of that stuff, and we're just descendants of that. Mm-hmm. So like you see a cat's a cat, and a dog's a dog. We are, we have the nature of, of a, the first man to walk this earth that blew it. Yes. And so there's life and death now. The whole world is moaning. For that day when it when it's redeemed and it is it's eternal life, but that has been turned over for us. Whether you believe it or not, it doesn't change the fact that it happened. 
Mm. And I, I say this without any trepidation, that when Jesus Christ gave his life, he came to this earth. Yes. God was here. You bet. To give the only thing that could pay for what we did so that we can live forever. So I don't, you know what? I always say this every day at Declaration when I come up in the morning. My best years are ahead of me. Amen. You know? You got it, brother. Something good's going to happen. So someday, I'm going to leave this earth. I, what will I leave? What kind of legacy would I leave? Mm-hmm. Well, I hope it's something that can, people can look back on. But we can't stay here now because we're under that curse. We got to go. Mm-hmm. But here's the good news. We can live. It's eternal. You don't. You leave the body. The body is not but a nerve tooth. Sure. It has to go back to the grave. But you yourself, the real person, that spirit in you, mm-hmm. is alive. It will stay alive. You could be in one place or another. <laughs> well, I love that. You know, you've said so much in two and a half minutes here, and I mean this, my friend, that, you know, I'm a spiritual being too, and I'm a believer yeah. in Jesus Christ as my Savior, and, yeah. I, and I say this with no trepidation nowadays, no. And, and I don't mean to get political, it seems like many of these traditions are being sequestered or stepped on, and that's that that that's well, a shame. It, it was know? it was foretold that these days would come. Yes, sir. And and so, but but that's okay, because you know the action from the body is to be the present with the Lord. Now that's for a believer, mm. but also for the non-believer, it says in the Bible, it says it's appointed to man that dies once, and then the judgment. I don't want that part. Yes, <laughs> that's but, right. But so, in but, other words. You know, buddy, grace to God, man, and we're all here. You're here. That's we're right. Talking, we're, we're talking about the good stuff. We're having Life a good time. It's beautiful. It's, it's beautiful. All the bad, the good, whatever it is, wonderful gift mm-hmm. to be able to have this physical body. Yep. And we know, I know my day, some days I think about, what, I'm 75, my goodness gracious, mm. you know? <laughs> you know? And I <laughs> yeah. know so many people, man, the friends, it's incredible. Of all the people that have gone that I came up with, Ruth Brown, this one, that one, and it goes on and on and on. Who will he Hundreds, it seems like, not here anymore. You know, Who it's amazing the way you put it, and I totally agree with you, my friend. And in the short four minutes that we have with you, I wanted to try to cram in as many reminiscing stories as possible. You and your entire group are what? The first musical group to actually play the prestigious Copacabana nightclub. Talk about that. That's amazing. It's, well, it's... We, the first, we were the first singing group of that era, yes, before the temp, Temps were second. Mm-hmm. second. Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> it's kind of complicated. Like I said, you get the book, you can read it. It's in the book. It's more, you know, I can get more detailed, but um, yeah, we were, we were the first to, to go in there, Mr. Julius Patel, who was, who was a trip. That's a book in itself. Yeah. <laughs> so, That's amazing, my friend. <laughs> oh, but there are many things we did. The Lincoln Center uh, with the uh, Warwick and the New York Philharmonic Orchestra. I mean, I've had so many wonderful things over the years. And I look back and I have no regrets. The only regret was if I could go back and do it, Again, I would. I'd do it better. I'd like to be there. I'd like to be there with you as the listeners because here's a couple of cool things. You made two appearances on the Ed Sullivan Show. That's big time. You're also on Soul Train, Dick Clark's American Bandstand, the Midnight Special, the Tonight Show. Wow, it keeps going, Anthony. It's just incredible. Craft music, all on and on, and that's one of the reasons that. uh, Paul Simon told me, he said, man, when we started looking at this, it's your body of work that got you the first group 
that didn't have any Grammys, didn't have anything, and was inducted into the Rock Hall of Fame because of your body and work. Yes. It's unmatchable. It's a beautiful so thing. It's a beautiful yep. thing. So let's talk about the future here. We're talking about you not stopping. Great. You know, keep going, yeah. keep going. So you have concerts. Oh, yeah. People just go to your website and they're going to see where you're performing, not only here, but you're talking yep. about going to England. So this is a worldwide sensation as rightfully it should be. So describe some of the things coming up for little Anthony Gordian in the next yeah, year or so. October, we're all over the place. I mean, well, I mean where are we going? It's going to be rough in October. Wow. Um, you know, with Fabi, and then I'll go off. And then what I'm doing in, in England is just me, little athlete. I do things with little athlete. I do things with the girls. But people don't understand, this is not what they think. This is not the girls 50 years ago, 50-something, 58 years ago. That's mm-hmm. No. People live and they die. Yes, they but do. the brand, we became a brand like the temptation, the name, the Imperials, little athlete, and the Imperials is a brand. So we had many, 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 many members. Mm-hmm. And there's only one cat survive other than me, and that's Ernest Wright. Yes. So with the guys, so with us. Mm. But all the rest, there's been many, many people that have some and became an imperial. It's amazing. So, what, it, an amazing it, it, what an amazing journey that mind. you've given us here, my friend. And I, and I want to thank you here. we got about a minute and a half here before the top of the hour mm-hmm. here. But I want to thank mm-hmm. you so much. And I want to stay in touch with you. I mean, uh, I appreciate your son, Tony, giving me the introduction to this. And, you know, folks, I want to say this to the audience, uh, Anthony. It's not so simple. You know, you just don't pick the phone up and look up in the uh, phone directory or the computer. Hey, I want to call little it's Anthony. Process. <laughs> it's a process. It is. <laughs> My wife told me today, she says, uh, uh, Anthony, she says, Hun, you got 30 messages on your Facebook. I said, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, people back in May. Oh, I didn't even know. See, I well, you're a popular guy, and you 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 know how to I deal with that. I decided to take care of it today. I said, "Oh my gosh, I got to answer some of these people," you know. And uh, but uh, technology today is different than it was years ago, you know. Uh, well, thank you for your time. I, I mean, I, I hate to cut it short, but here's what we have no. to tell the audience. First of all, God bless you and your family. Thank you for giving thank us you. the music strong for these years, and thank you for being a a believer. And your story Thank of life you. is a great inspiration. I'd like to have you back sometime if that's good, but stay on you the line. The I do, time. sir. I do, sir. Stay on the line with us as we go to the heartbreak, but I want to let the audience, we're going to go out with this song, ladies and gentlemen, probably one of the most prolific songs of Little Anthony and the Imperials, of course, would be remiss if we didn't play Tears on My Pillow. Thank you so much to Little Anthony. That is Anthony Gordine of an incredible rock and roll legend and a band, Little Anthony and the Imperials, once again inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame back in April of 2009. He continues strong and has some amazing stories. Thank you for being with us today. Little Anthony Gordine of Little Anthony and the Imperials. In my heart goes by you. 
el mar. 